Welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, where we talk about all things self-care for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. It's time to bring that same compassion that you offer to everyone else in your life to yourself as well. In this podcast, you'll hear real-life stories of how self-care transformed people's lives as they were going through life's storms. You'll learn practical, actionable tools to begin the self-care journey yourself as well, because like I always say, small changes make a large impact. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetha Lajmani. I'm a physician, best-selling author, and the founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide strong, successful women to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again through major life transitions. Through my signature program, Reclaim Your Radiance, you'll reclaim your worth, renew your energy, and restore your happiness in your life, career, and relationships. To get started, download your free guidebook, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Quick disclaimer before we get started, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific situation. Now, let's get started. I'm so excited today to welcome back Wendy Goldberg as a guest on the Essential Self-Care Podcast. Wendy joined us a few weeks ago where she shared more about her self-care journey through her son Benjamin's diagnosis and treatment of cancer. Now, Wendy is back to share more of her journey with us. Wendy Goldberg is the founder and president of the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that enriches lives by creating peaceful, playful, and inspirational Environments, developing and supporting arts and health programming, and serving as a community resource. The spirit of Benjamin Goldberg, Wendy's son, is the guiding force in bringing the foundation's work to life and to transforming health and healthcare experiences through the arts. Wendy is also the host of Sundays with Wendy, a podcast featuring conversations with guests about their insights on the healing journey. Personally, Wendy is a dear friend who I met a few years ago, and we immediately connected with our shared interest in raising awareness of integrative modalities for healing. Welcome back to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Wendy. Thank you for having me again. As I mentioned earlier in the intro, the last time you were on, we explored so many wonderful modalities for healing and processing and practicing self-care when your son was diagnosed with cancer at a very young age, and he ultimately did pass. And we talked about your process of self-care and healing through the grieving process as well. And five years after his death, you were faced with another very difficult life-altering situation. And I want to explore if you could tell us a little bit more about that to give us some context. And then I want to explore at this phase in your journey, ways that you practiced self-care and navigated this part of your life. Yes, yes. I'm happy to share. Yeah, it was very traumatic to go through a cancer diagnosis with your child and then ultimately his death. I kind of felt like it would never happen to me. Maybe I had been through the worst of it all. And five years later, I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. And as shocking as that was in the beginning, and I really took my time with that to allow myself to process what that meant. And it did bring all of that full circle again. It brought Ben's story 
circle again. It brought all the treatments in a way that it was almost like I felt like I was going to have to sit with this and see this from another angle to, to kind of release some more of the grief, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And it, it ultimately that's what it did. But I got to a point where I said, okay, let's go. I found a doctor who mm-hmm. I was comfortable with and we did what we needed to do, but it was very important that I pull in what I call my healing tribe. And Can I that, go back yeah. <laughs> just a little bit here? And then I definitely want to go into the healing tribe, but if you don't mind, I'd love to go back just a minute here. What was going through your mind at that initial time? And how did you get from that initial reaction to the point of the place of we talked about in the last episode with, with you about, about this element of curiosity. And I was hearing that coming up again of the kind of mm-hmm. this element of curiosity mm-hmm. of like, I've explored these modalities while going through Ben's treatments and journey. And now this is kind of a time for you to kind of revisit some of that. So mm-hmm. what I was hearing there is sort of this element of curiosity, but I would imagine it, it may have, or I'm curious, did it take a few steps to get to that point? Like from your initial oh. reaction with the diagnosis? Well, between there was some testing that was going on and that takes time. So I want to say it was a roughly five to six weeks, which I was kind of toying with this idea that this could be something serious. Mm-hmm. But when you actually sit down in front of a doctor and they tell you, you have stage four cancer and you are going to be on treatment the rest of your life. I had one doctor tell me they could only treat me palliatively. Mm-hmm. So I was angry initially because I have lived my life from a very holistic point of view. So I was all the, kind of the black sheep of the family that always ate good. We would go have a buffet or go to a buffet with my family. My mom would never let me get it because she said I didn't eat enough. I would have to order something off the menu. So I had done all of these things and I had explored all of this grief. I had explored the afterlife, like everything around Ben and I's story. And I felt like, well, how can this be? I'm so healthy. How could I have cancer? And I allowed myself to question that and get mad and go into that state of shock. But it became very clear Mm -hmm. at some point, the rubber hits the road and you're going to have to do the treatment. So yes, I kicked it out a little bit, but I think again, kind of what we talked about in the other podcasts. I mean, I think to allow yourself to feel it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, that part of your journey, because I think that's an important part. I think ultimately you got to that point of curiosity, but I think initially when faced Mm -hmm. with, with such a life altering situation, knowing that a lot of different feelings can come up. Why would I have to witness chemo? I know about chemo. I know about immunotherapy. I know about surgery. I shots you. I mean, you name it. He had an ostomy bag for a while. I mean, anything that could have happened, happened. So I felt like I already knew that world so intimately. I was going to have to walk it in a different path, not as the caregiver and the parent, but I was going to have to walk it as a patient. And I think I got to a point where I thought this truly is going to make the work of the foundation so much more important. I couldn't see it at the time, what that meant or what that even could be in the future. But I knew instead of looking at it, I mean, I questioned the why and I got mad, but instead of staying in that space of anger, I pulled it into that curiosity and thought maybe there's an angle I'm not seeing or that I need to see a deeper level of. And truly what I saw in the adult world is there is a void in these therapies. You are on your own, at least with a child, you feel supported Mm-hmm. in a different way. It's sometimes it's more acute. There's so many more people around. There's so much more attention going on with that, but you, you were on your own as an adult mm-hmm. and you have to advocate for yourself. And 
that's really when I felt fortunate that I had started the foundation and I had already worked season two of my podcast. I interviewed healing therapists. So I started reaching out to the people that I knew that Mm -hmm. could help. And so what I call is the healing tribe was Mm -hmm. Reiki practitioners, my psychologist who worked with tapping with me during my diagnosis, um, meditation, nutrition. I mean, fasting, learning about fasting around chemotherapy was pivotal to that period of time, working with an herbalist and really understanding some of the aspects that I did not know around the treatment. And I'll never forget what he said. I connected with him a week before I was supposed to start chemo. And he said, can you push it out? I want a couple of weeks and I want to bolster your system before you start. Mm -hmm. And I told him I could not, but I mean, so there's so, there are things out there that really can help. And that's Mm -hmm. what I, that's where I went with this. And, and just to also kind of, just to clarify for our listeners, you did go through Well, actually, so two things. (laughs) One thing, um, you did go through the conventional recommended treatments, allopathic treatments, Mm -hmm. and this healing tribe that you mentioned of holistic practitioners, you, you pulled in to support and supplement that journey. And the other thing I wanted to touch on as well. And so, you know, to our listeners, of course, if you are on a similar path, always follow the guidance of your, your physician. And also if you do bring in holistic modalities, also discuss that with your physician as well. The other thing that you had mentioned briefly too was that you really need to be your own advocate and that one of the first physicians you saw said that they could only offer you palliative mm-hmm. care. You want to just mm-hmm. kind of say just maybe one more thing, just about being in your own oh, advocate. Sure. And you know, I had a lot of knowledge about the cancer world. And so I listened to her and she, I could tell by her body language, I could tell by the way she was talking to me, she had already put me in that bucket. And she said, if you want to, you can explore clinical trials, but this mm-hmm. is what we're going to, you know, and she just went down this path and I'm sitting there and, you know, my mom was with me. This, that was the first, maybe there wasn't pathology, but it was very clear. It was something. And I just sat there and it, I, I, I never went back and I knew sitting in that chair in front of her, I would never go back. And I didn't because I needed to be with a doctor who at least believed in the process. And my DO, who a doctor of osteopath, who was basically my primary care physician who ordered the initial CT, she drove to my office and I'll never forget what she told me. She has the report in her hand and she is emotional and I became very emotional. And she said, you have to see yourself on the other side of this. I mean, it was just so great for me to hear that, you know, because that's what I started to do. And I think that if you are in an environment, let's say you're with a doctor who you are not on the same path with, I thought if I had stayed in that facility with that first doctor and she didn't believe in me, very possibly my body would have started to react in that way. You know, she didn't have faith. So my faith would have been altered, if you will. And so that's really important too. Know that there's options. You don't have to, there's many doctors. A lot of these insurances, you can go to New York, you can find the specialist. Generally, they take all insurances. So if you feel like, I think that's what you feel it. Like I could feel that that was not right for me. And I chose differently. And it ultimately has, you know, by the time, let's see, I went through six rounds of chemo and the doctors were amazed. She, the doctor said, I had never, we have me or any of my colleagues have never seen this kind of response. So there was a, I think there's a mind shift thing that has to happen as well. I wanted you to share a little bit about that part of your journey, because often, you know, this podcast is called essential self-care and often we think of 
self-care is, you know, the first thing a lot of people think of is yoga, massages, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fancy dinners, vacations, things like that. But being an advocate for yourself, being an advocate for your health and your well-being, right? And if that means getting a second opinion, if that means, well, it, I hope it always means listening to your gut and trusting your intuition. I think that's very important. That is self-care. You know, seeking treatment or medical evaluation when you notice that something is, is off mm-hmm. or not feeling right in your body. This is all also self-care. This is a self-care that maybe isn't talked about as often. And that's why I want to touch on it today. I love that you're talking about this because I also had to make another huge life altering decision. I had a CPA firm for over 17 years and I worked a lot and I knew what I was facing and the intensity of the treatments. And it was very clear that I could not work in that capacity. So I decided to sell my practice and take this year and focus on my health. And like you said, I don't think I saw it as self-care maybe at that time, Mm -hmm. but it truly was a way to honor my body. I was going to have to get to another level of nutrition, another level of mindset to get through this, hopefully blip on the radar and seeing where your energy is going. Right. Mm -hmm, At that time mm -hmm. you needed your energy to be focused on your healing. And if you're putting energy into your business, which requires a lot of energy to put into your Mm -hmm. own business, running your own business. Right. And so seeing kind of, you you were able to, in that moment, evaluate where your energy was going to be going and where it needed Mm -hmm. to be. And I think that has a lot to do with my response to treatment. That's amazing. Yeah. And so exactly like something we, we've talked about in a conversation before, just between the two of us has been, has been this idea also that sometimes self-care again, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, often, you know, when we often kind of hear in our day-to-day life, the term self-care, we think about the yoga massages, et cetera, but sometimes self-care means stepping away from something that we've invested a lot of ourselves into, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you had your business for so long and invested a lot of yourself. I'm sure at, at that point, I mean, birthing any sort of business, you're putting so much of yourself in many ways into it. But sometimes self-care means walking away from things that you realize are are not going to serve you in this moment Mm -hmm. or serve your well-being or for your highest good. Yeah. And I mean, I had to go through some really interesting thought processes around that. And there's a lot of uncertainty when you do have to make a decision like that, right? I think what might be kind of neat to explore here now is, you know, you went through a lot of your own processes to make that decision and giving yourself that year. And, Mm -hmm. and I know, because I know you personally have kind of obviously how that helped your healing journey and how that has allowed you to explore and create in ways with your foundation, the Benjamin Goldberg Mm -hmm. foundation in ways that you maybe couldn't have before, or maybe never even imagined would be possible. Would you like to Uh, share a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I was walking with my neighbor today and we, I was talking about that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had a gala last year, our first one. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking there was, there was no way I would have been able to pull all of that off, mm-hmm. you know, and run the business at the same time. And, you know, I, I'm sure I've shared with you before, you know, it was very important part of my grief to write Ben's story. And mm-hmm. I ended up sharing that. I called it my chemo project because I could do it on my own time. I didn't have to interview a guest. And I told his story over 10 episodes and that was very healing for me mm-hmm. as well. So that was, that was always one of the things I, I said, I have to do. So 
Yeah, it, it, it kind of gave me some room to allow the growth of the foundation. So it, up until that point, I had done it on the side. I mean, it was basically me and I had a part-time admin and we were doing everything basically off our cell phones. And, you know, when you really, you know, where your mind goes, your energy flows, right? Mm-hmm. So I was able to really give it my attention and to see that growth happen has been beautiful as well. So, you know, as tragic as my diagnosis was, I feel like it has birthed a new part of me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, sometimes I would think about the chemo and your cells are dying off and they're regenerating. And I thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity for like this newness of me. Mm. Like I am really from the inside becoming something new. That's and such I'm going to be beautiful perspective. Yeah. I'm going to be 50 this year. And so, you know, it's interesting too, that that is happening like in the middle of my life. So, you know, I don't know what the future holds and I don't necessarily need to, but it feels really right. And I actually was recording a podcast of my own today and I was sharing this aspect of, you know, when you think about a decision or things in the future, I always kind of take it from a very energetic standpoint. So let's say, you know, you're going to do a, how does that feel? Is it expansive? Is it easy? Is it light or is it restrictive? And is it tight? So I kind of like envision what both of those scenarios are going to look like. And it's like, it's that inner guidance, like that, that real intuition. And I think all of us can harness that guide, guide our life and where we're supposed to be. I agree with you. And that's definitely mm-hmm. one of my missions and my intentions in, in the services that I offer through mind body practices and coaching is so often in this world, I don't know when it happens or how it happens or why it happens, but we're almost taught to shut down our inner voice, our inner guidance system so much so that a lot of us even lose touch with that, right? Mm-hmm. Have a hard time even recognizing it or knowing when it's coming up because we've somehow conditioned ourselves to shut it down. Down and to not pay attention to it, but really starting to, and, and for, for me personally, mind body practices, such as the yoga meditation, mindfulness have really helped me to tune into it as well as writing is another great way, mm-hmm. but there's so many modalities and ways to do that, but just to start to give voice, allow your inner voice to be heard and seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it may start out just in small ways, but as you continue to practice that and hone into that skill and practice and allow that inner voice to be seen and heard and valued, then it starts to get stronger. You're able to start to hear it and tune into it a little bit more easily, a little bit more Mm -hmm. readily over time as well. I know it's, it's amazing. And I, I kind of wish, I think I always played around with it, like a little game, you know, almost. And then when you, the realization comes and it is real and it is your guiding inner self and you're like, okay, all day long, let's do it. Yeah. Well, I love, I love, I love this. Thank you so much for sharing more about your personal journey today with us, you know, sharing about with the initial diagnosis of allowing yourself to feel all of those feelings, and then coming to a place of curiosity, of being an advocate for, for your health and wellness, for, in addition to seeking conventional treatments, finding a healing tribe and village and using your inner voice, your inner navigation Mm -hmm. system to help you find that healing tribe, as well as how that has led you to experience 
expand your work with the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation. If there's anything else that you would like to share either about your journey or, and actually not or, but and <laughs> uh, the, the work that you're doing with the foundation and where we can find you, I'd love for you to share that. Just a note to the listeners. I mean, there are resources out there. They may not be readily available in your doctor's office, but reach out, ask around, find something that works for you. And it doesn't have to be what worked for the next person. Mm -hmm. You know, like we, you and I have talked about because of, um, there are so many things. I had that whole healing tribe of people that I worked with all the different avenues, but you know, meditation might not be for everybody, mm -hmm. but someone may be very curious in nutrition and how that would aid their treatment. So ask, ask and you shall receive. I always say. Absolutely. It's not a one size fits all sort of thing. And, and mm -hmm. that's another thing that I believe strongly in. And, and it's a reason that I actually love the system of, of Ayurveda, which I've also studied in depth. It's often considered a sister science to yoga, but it's actually the sort of ancient system of, of wellness and healing and self-care from India. What I love about it so much, one of the things that I love about it so much is that it really says that we are all unique individual beings. It sees us as all unique individual beings so that the same sort of habits, daily routines, lifestyle, self-care practices that work for me may not work for you or, you know, mm -hmm. my best friend or my family member, mm -hmm. right? Because we are all individual unique beings. So I love that you brought that up. And I think mm -hmm. that's really important that again, you know, and the, these practices of self-care, healing modalities, find, finding your healing tribe, as you say, it may look different for all of us and that's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I think that's what makes it so beautiful. It doesn't, you know, it's not like a protocol. I'm not a protocol person. So, you know, to follow X, you know, a whole thing can almost be a little boring to me, but you know, maybe I see, if I see something interesting, I'll read it. And maybe I'm doing, maybe it's a list of 10 things and maybe I'm doing seven, but maybe the eighth one looks interesting. Yeah. Right. So it's just about opening your mind a little bit. Yeah. Bringing that element of curiosity again. Yeah. And I, um, I do, I did interview my healing tribe on season four of my podcast. So if anybody is interested in listening to those independent you know, independent, um, interviews, they're really interesting and, um, helpful. So yeah. check them out Sundays with Wendy podcasts. Definitely. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being here, for sharing your journey. I will have the links to the Benjamin Goldberg foundation, as well as your podcast Sundays with Wendy, which actually in that season that you just mentioned, I had the honor to be a guest on your podcast in that season as well. So mm -hmm. I'll include those links in the show notes. Thank you again for joining us today, Wendy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at radiantlivinginstitute.com. Download it today.